Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the TF1 podcast. This is episode 12. This is your humble and gracious host, Trey, from wherever in the globe you're listening to this podcast. I want to welcome you all and let's get into a fun filled episode 12. This is from Russia with Love, the Norris Heartbreak, and Hamilton, the Centurion. So let's break everything down and let's get right into it. So we had uh, what seems to be this season continues to bring us uh, unbelievable weekends. It, it continues to bring us surprises. And this Sochi track and this weekend um, is no exception to that rule. We were treated to possibly, I mean, uh, you know, not adding any exaggerations or anything, possibly one of the best race weekends we've had thus far. And this season, as you can all agree, has been quite a magical ride so far. And uh, we have a lot of things going on this weekend, as you guys have witnessed from Saturday to Sunday. So to break down the race, uh, you know, the first thing we should do is let's look at qualifying on Saturday to kind of set us up for uh, what would be an interesting grid, um, you know, before we get into what happened to Lando Norris and what happened to Hamilton um, a, in order to kind of, I guess, set the stage up, we got to look at qualifying. So coming into the Sochi weekend, you know, Mercedes pretty much has literally a hundred percent record in Russia. So they are in the turbo hybrid era since 2000, uh, basically 2004. Uh, Mercedes is undefeated at this track. So they, they have not lost in any year. So this is a track that it fits that Mercedes like a glove. Um, and not only that, for some odd reason, Botas seems to be, you know, I mean, he has the nickname Mr. Russia for a reason. And this track with its smooth surface really, really suits Botas. So the team has a great record um, in Russia. So most of us were expecting on Saturday for them to take pole. But because of different weather related issues, you know, this weekend in Russia, we kind of saw the weather reports, you know, there was going to be rain um, hampering qualifying. And then there was, you know, at the time they said 20 percent chance for race Sunday of rain. So they went through qualifying, most of qualifying, like so uh, Q1 and Q2, there was no rain. But then in Q3, you had different weather situations where the rain was starting to come in. And it kind of, you know, threw in chaos because then the drivers and the teams have to time when they were getting on slicks. And um, very uncharacteristically, you know, Hamilton, for example, um, on his way rushing into the pits, he actually damaged his wings and they had to change that. And that compromised the last run that they were going to have um, on their different tires. And so he compromised not only himself, but he even compromised Botas because instead of the other guys, they just had one lap to run. So 
that sets up Lando Norris to gain pole for Sunday. Um, and you had uh, you had Carlos Sainz, and then you had George Russell rounding up the top three in qualifying. So you can already tell before Sunday even came, you know what was sure to be probably a one and two for Mercedes in qualifying. Pretty much that turned upside down, and you have Norris starting from pole. Okay, so that's setting up our table for this highly anticipated race on Sunday. So it's not your usual start. Uh, The Mercedes guys are P4 and then Bottas slipped down all the way to P7. All right. So going into Sunday, you have the race start. And again, you know, for reasons I can't explain, you know, um, Sainz made a great start. He got away pretty good. Hamilton, who initially had a great start, then was swarmed by cars. And so in order to avoid an accident, he kind of, you know, pulled out of that kind of slipstream. And when he did that, of course, that cost him heavily because he tumbled down to about seventh position. Botas, unfortunately, had an an even worse kind of start and he drops down all the way to about P13, P14. So at the front, you have to give it to Sainz, Carlos, he made a really, really good start. And so you have the race ensuing. Of course, it's completely dry at this point. And so as the race goes on, Lando Norris, who's been extremely fast in this McLaren, the MCL 35M, the model number for that vehicle, which we're you know going to extensively talk about this podcast. So on lap 13, uh, Norris handedly claims the lead from Carlos. So now he is you know, uh, very steadily leading from the front. Um, I have been just, you know, I've said this at other podcasts and the year that Lando Norris is having, you know, there was no nervousness. He's controlling the pace. So he's now at the front. And so, you know, you are starting to look at the track. Now, keep in mind and remember as far as the championship goes. So we're keeping the two, you know, protagonists of this championship. So Lewis is now trying to fight to make his way, you know, um, up to like to make it up to the top three. Max Verstappen and Red Bull, because he already had the three place grid uh, penalty, the team, which most of us expected, the team decided to go ahead and do his engine change um, at this track. So because he already has a penalty, you know, they decided, hey, we might as well let's go ahead and and, and take the punishment with the grid penalty. So they start from the back, but Max is already making uh, progress very fast and he's moving up the ranks. So, you know, he has really good skills and all, that Red Bull is also fast. So he is working his way from the back. So those are kind of the key chess, chess pieces now on the track. And you know, meanwhile, while Max is kind of moving his way up, 
it was really bizarre to see Bottas and the other Mercedes, which by the way is the fastest car on the track without even, without even any doubts on pace. There's nothing faster than the Mercedes on the track, whichever tire you choose. Yet lap after lap after lap, you kept on seeing on the timesheets, Bottas is still stuck for the longest time in P14. So he's not making any headway. So we fast forward. Um, now Hamilton is making a little progress. And then, um, so you're thinking to yourself, man, we're in for a weekend where this young man, Lando Norris, you know, he's about to take his, you know, his first Formula One win. And, you know, after the weekend that uh, the team had la the last Grand Prix, you know, you're thinking to yourself, wow, McLaren is really, you know, they with what they did in Monza. Are we looking again to see, you know, are they are they going to be up for the podium? So it comes to lap 40, 47 and this was lap 47. And now you're hearing reports. You are looking at the grandstands and this race is about to be upside down on its head because rain has now started to come down. Okay. So, you know, this is the point when, you know, we have, I always say this, you know, we have hindsight, we, we, we're at home and you can actually pan to the stand where people are now opening the umbrellas up. Okay. So certain teams are getting on the radio and telling their drivers, um, you know, there is rain expected or some of the teams, you know, each team has its own communication to their drivers, but they're essentially telling them, hey, either rain is coming down now or rain is about to come um, pretty fast. So you're starting to see the different reactions on how different drivers and different teams play out. So for example, um, with, with, um, McLaren and Norris, what the race engineer does is he kind of poses the question to Lando. Um, so are you wanting to come in? It was kind of, it was posed as a question, you know, we, we there is, we're detecting rain. Are you wanting to come in? And Lando's response was a resounding no. All right. Now, again, they put it in question form and you can't necessarily. I mean, we, we all know what happened after that situation, but you can't necessarily fault not, uh, Norris at the time because keep in mind, you know, it's very hard for you to give up your leading position at the front because the only thing that could happen is you can lose that position, you know? So without, <laughs> without hindsight coming into it again, you know, wrong decisions were made by Norris as I'm about to explain as this unfolds, but in a way you also have to see it from his perspective inside that cockpit you know, he doesn't want to give that, that position he's worked so hard to do. 
Now, on the other hand, as I said, different teams and different uh, drivers handled this call from the pit wall in different ways. Now, with Max Verstappen, the team, now keep in mind, of course, he has now worked his way up and he's in P7. So when you're in that position, you're not leading at the front. Even if you have to gamble, you wouldn't mind doing that because if you lose positions, you lose positions. But there's a different kind of trust the Red Bull team has with land uh, with uh, excuse me with um, um, with Max. So they kind of pose it to him, and he responds back. He wants to come in uh, to change to intermediates. Now the same thing happened with Bottas. Actually, with Bottas, what happened was. As this ring was coming down on lap 47, Bottas happened to pass. There were certain parts of the track. I think one of them was part, um, excuse me, turn five and turn 10. Bottas had already recognized, oh, wow. Okay, this weather turned real quick. I can see how damp it is. And he made the call to come in. The team were actually were not ready. So he went around one, one more lap and then he went ahead and came in and changed the intermediates, okay? And that was pretty much a lifesaver for Bottas because he went from P14 to the decision they made, the timing was real good. Um, that boosted him up all the way to finish in fifth position. But, but let's go back to the two guys up front, as I was saying, so Norris and then Hamilton. So. As I mentioned to you, Norris gets the nod from the pit wall, but again, they posed it as a question and they did not say to him, hey, more rain is expected to come. They they just mentioned the data that, you know, does he want to come in? You know, there are there is rain at parts of the track. Now, when they radioed that in, keep in mind, the entire track wasn't yet raining yet so some parts of the track were dry some parts were starting to get damp and there was moisture in the air all right so he refuses and of course this this decision as unfortunately as you all know is going to come back to haunt him now hamilton on the other hand so peter bonington his uh engineer comes you know comes on the radio asks him to come in and Hamilton actually ignores that call. It, 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 that's very interesting. Hamilton um, ignores that call. So just like Norris, Hamilton is out again. And then they reach the 49th lap. Now on the 49th lap, this is where the difference between a championship outfit like Mercedes and a younger outfit who's not used to winning from the front, McLaren, this is about to be the difference where experience shines. So when Hamilton comes around, now Peter Bonington comes back on the radio and they give him a decisive nod that more rain is expected to come we've already asked you to to box so this time it's a more assertive we need you to box box now and so hamilton hit his pit confirm which basically means 
uh, for, for those of you guys that are listening, so the drivers have uh, the drivers have a button on their steering wheel that is basically confirming to the team that they are about to come into the pits because the team has to have the right tire ready for you. And, you know, there's a sequence of events that happens. So, so Hamilton goes ahead and acknowledges that he, like I said, he first ignored the, the initial radio message. On the second time around coming, he confirms that and he comes into the fit uh, into the pits and gets fitted with intermediates and he's now sent out. Now, that decision is going to be the split second where Mercedes, the championship outfit, you know, made a difficult last minute weather decision and they made it decisively. You know, they told their driver. Both Bottas, Bottas, like I said, came in a lap earlier. Then Hamilton, they made it clear to him, hey, we need you to come in because th- there is going to be a downpour coming. And just like they had said, you know, most of the teams now remember have weather data um, uh, predictors on, on their pit wall. So meaning if there's inclement weather coming that, you know, their weather weather data report lets them know. So by the time Hamilton is out now and has intermediates, it is full out rainy. And here is Norris with his slicks and he's out on this wet track. And when I tell you what a crazy race, because now, you know, those guys that have the intermediates, they're now speeding through the track because they have the right tire. But for poor Lando Norris, I mean, he basically, he is now skating on ice. He can't even control the car. He actually almost got into an accident twice because, you know, he basically has the wrong, he has the wrong tires now. So, his race is compromised because, you know, it's full on wet weather out there. And he's the guy who has six, who are the guys who have intermediates. Now, Hamilton passes because Lando goes off to the side. He was actually lucky he didn't shunt his car and he's going extremely slowly and he gets on the radio. This is Lando Norris. So he gets passed by Lewis Hamilton he gets passed by Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen is now in second position, okay? In second spot, okay? Um, Carlos Sainz, who's, you know, pretty much, you have to give a lot of credit to Carlos Sainz because he had made the right decisions and the right calls um, throughout the race. In fact, I, I won't forget there was a point when his race engineer, this is for Carlos Sainz, gets on the radio. This is earlier before the rain even came. And uh, the race engineer says to him, you know, you're on good pace, Carlos, good pace. In fact, you are now slated to come in P5. And it's a funny moment because Carlos, (laughs) when his engineer tells him that Carlos gets back on the radio, says P5, like only P5? 
you know, and he does that response and it's almost like, man, does this guy have a crystal ball in his car? Like, can he predict the future? It's really amazing. Like, you know, that tells you, you know, in the race, the intent that Carlos Sainz had, like, you know, the team was telling him, Hey, you're on course to be on P5. And he was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to go P5. You know, he was thinking to himself, I have the pace today. I think I'm going to land a podium. Like you, you guys are saying P5. That's not what I'm aiming for. So it was a very, uh, it, it was a, a real interesting exchange and a, a, a exchange and a funny one because Carlos, like I said, responded back with P5, just P5, only P5. So you had that exchange. And like I said, after the rain, because Carlos made the right call, so now you have poor Lando Norris, who's basically skating out there. He gets on the radio. He tells his team, guys, I can't do this. I'm about to crash. Um, I need full wets. Like, you know, because now the rain is pouring. So Hamilton goes ahead and he gets the maiden win. Um, Max Verstappen starting from the back of the grid. And we have to talk about this. This was, this was a hell of a recovery drive. I mean, if you think about starting from the back of the grid and the fact that this weather came, it turned everything upside down for Max Verstappen. And the crazy irony is, so had the rain not come in, you know, Lewis Hamilton at the worst would have finished P2 right behind Lando Norris. Max Verstappen was slated to finish P7. So, you know, Hamilton could have opened up the point championship differential between them. And, you know, that could have, that could have really helped his championship hopes. But because this crazy rain that came in on, on lap 47, Everything is turned upside down. So Lando Norris loses, um, you know, in a heartbreak, basically, in the decision they made. He loses his win and goes from P1 to P7. And Max Verstappen and Red Bull, you know, from from finishing, you know, P7. Now they finish P2. So if you really think about it, I mean, it was a great win for Hamilton. But to be honest... This was almost like a win for Red Bull and Max Verstappen because who would have thought from the back of the grid they do a recovery drive and, and they finish second from the back to the second. You know, Lewis Hamilton had to be shocked when he, you know, pulled up in, in the Park for May area where, you know, once you finish the race where they're supposed to pull in the pull in the, the cars and park and you know, when he gets his helmet off and he turns to the right and he sees, oh my God, you know, I did all this work and I'm thinking, you know, Max is going to finish in the, towards the back or towards the mid part of the grid. And here you are, he's right next to you in P2. So that means the point differential that Hamilton made up was only two points, you know? So that was a crazy, crazy, recovery drive for the Red Bull team and for Max Verstappen to finish second. But, you know, going back to Norris, you know, so uh, we kind of have to dissect, you know, um, it was a hard, 
heartbreak, you know, and I feel sorry for him and, and for the team. But, you know, this is kind of the difference when you give information to your driver from the pit wall. This is the difference between being decisive and, you know, uh, between being decisive and then the the route that McLaren took, which was they pretty much posed it as a question. Hey, the, the track is kind of getting damp. Do you want to come in? And don't, you know, don't get it twisted now. Lando Norris also has to take some of that responsibility and some of that blame because he gave a resounding no. But there's a big but here. Okay, there's a big but here. The team made a crucial mistake because this is at that point when the driver says that to you. Now he can only see what's on the track. You guys are the one that have the tools, the, the weather data and everything. His engineer should have been more firm at that point and said, hey, Lando, I know you want to stay out, but this is the information we have. We need you to pick. Like there had to be decisive information and Lando wasn't given that. Now, um, after the race, Lando did, um, after the race interviews, you know, both, um, Hamilton and Norris, of course, spoke as they always do. And what Norris mentioned was, you know, um, uh, actually at one point they were side by side in the media pen. Uh, with Lewis Hamilton and they both said they didn't they both didn't want to come in Lewis Hamilton and both Norris they wanted to stay out to fight because parts of the track at that point on lap 47 were still dry and so that's one of the reasons Hamilton ignored the first message that came in you know that asked him to box but on the second time and the second goal round, his engineer, Peter Bonington, was decisive in saying, no, you have to box, come in because we see more rain. That's where the difference is. And Norris explained later on to the media, he said, you know, I reacted off the information I was told. I was told the rain was going to stay as it was. And, you know, so there's an error there with the team they made, you know, it was an innocent error. It's an easy error to do, but at the same time, you know, that cost you a win. So, you know, if you look at it, it wasn't a small error because Lando Norris could have definitely taken the win. And so, uh, the McLaren team leader, uh, Andre Seidel, um, later on, um, made the comment uh, to the press that, you know, as a team, collectively, we didn't do the right thing, you know, and that's the right thing to say. And that's what a great leader would say, you know, um, they collectively did not, you know, approach this the right way. And again, you know, of course, it's very easy for, for us to say this now. And I say this all the time on the podcast um, it's easy in hindsight to say that at the time they did not make that decision. But if you really think about it, your competition made the right decision. You know, Red Bull, Mercedes, they made the pool and they made the call. But you guys as a team, meaning McLaren, did not. So I think this is going to be a learning lesson for them. Again, you know, I said this uh, at the mid part of the podcast when you're a team that has fought 
many battles, many championships that can react on your feet like Mercedes, even in, in tough times where the weather changes, they have, they're used to this because they've been in the ring, they've been in the fight. So they have a, protocols on how to react fast when things happen. McLaren, you got to remember, you know, they're not used to being up front. You know, the team, you have to um, give them a lot of credit for how fast their car has been this season. You know, they're now threatening for qualifying. They're now threatening for races. You look at, you know, what Daniel Ricciardo did last week, um, excuse me, two weeks ago. You look at the pace the car had uh, in Sochi, which is basically a, a Mercedes stronghold. So, you know, they, they are um, kind of now getting used to the pressure of being up front with the likes of Mercedes, seven-time world champions. You know, um, they are being battle-tested against Red Bull, who, who have extremely fast cars. So, you know, it's a learning lesson. Um, I, I don't think they'll make this mistake again. I think it's also a learning lesson for Lando. But... Um, I really want to, I really want to mention how, um, how impressed I am by what Lando said, his body language after the race. And I'm really impressed with this young man, guys, because you can tell he was crushed. You can tell he was heartbroken, but he did take the time to congratulate Lewis Hamilton because for Lewis Hamilton, this was a very momentous day. This was his hundredth win in F1. Yes, the hundredth. So he becomes a centurion in F1 and no other driver has done that. And, you know, that's a great achievement that I'll, you know, I'll go into um, in a moment. But, you know, Lando, as heartbroken as he was, he takes time to go ahead and go to Hamilton, um, give him a hug and congratulate him. And, you know, this guy is a class act, guys. This this guy is really a class act. You know that he had victory basically snatched away from him because of the weather. Otherwise, this would have been his win. But he's just a really, really classy young man. And I'm, I'm going to tell you and I'm going to say it here. It, it's a matter of time before Lando Norris gets a win. I'm going to tell you right now, it is just a matter of time. He has the skill set. He has the speed. He has the intelligence. He doesn't get frazzled. Uh, he has tremendous pace in this McLaren. He has tremendous pace. I mean, for you to take victory um, in qualifying, you know, uh, to, well, I shouldn't say victory, but to to qualify first um, above all the other guys. And you have to give kudos to um, George Russell as well, who, you know, like I mentioned, qualified uh, third. He keeps on proving week in and week out. This is George Russell, why he's so deserving of that Mercedes seat. And, you know, like most people, I cannot wait to see what he's going to do in that seat. But just rounding up the young guns that we have with Lando Norris, George Russell, um, you know, Max is not necessarily 
uh, a young gun anymore, to be honest, because even though of his young age, he's been in F1 much, much longer than George Russell and Lando Norris have, even though, like I said, he's in age, he's pretty young. He's, he's very similar in age with them, but I'm just really impressed. And I just want to tip my cap off to Lando Norris. Like I said, he has, he was classy. Um, it would have been easy in that moment to be really just to, to be depressed and put his head down. But, you know, he was very concise with the interview that he gave. Um, he just mentioned he didn't, you know, if he had been given the information in a different way and been told that there was more rain coming, he would have made a different decision. But um, I, I just it, his moves were very classy. He's very well spoken. So, like I said, I just wanted to really kind of tip my cap off to him. But coming back to Hamilton, a um, hundred wins, being the Centurion, um, guys, that is, you know, I, I think we're passing these milestones with Hamilton. And sometimes I think it's it's hard to appreciate because we're going through a historical time in F1. Just, you know, what kind of run Hamilton is on. And I really almost think it's hard for us to appreciate what he's been able to achieve because he's still in the sport. I think it's one of those things. These are moments, you know, many years down the line, um, especially after he's retired, most of us are going to look back and and think um, just how fortunate we are to, to, you know, sit and watch this man um, break title after title, championship after championship. It's just a huge testament to the consistency that Hamilton has had. Uh, It's a huge testament to to the kind of dominant team Mercedes has been and the leadership they have uh, to create a domination in a sport unlike any other. And, And I'm talking about you have not seen these this many back-to-back championships in any other sport I I, you know I don't care if you want to mention football um whether you want to mention just pick any sport any organized sport that you want You, you know you can have maybe a team come back for another championship and maybe repeat but to have that many back-to-back championships in a team that requires resources, in a team that, in a sport, excuse me, that requires resources. Um, It requires having, you know, all the elements have to be aligned. You have to build a great car. You have to have great drivers. And Mercedes has had that combination of best car, best driver. And it takes a tremendous amount of work, you know, and you know, for you to come back the next year again and not overlook anything, not rest on your laurels. These are the found, you know, the foundations of leadership that Total Wolf has, has there. The head of Mercedes AMG has passed on to the drivers, to the workers. And so for Hamilton to reach the Centurion mark, I mean, that's a hell of an achievement. You know, that we're witnessing history. Um, so you really, you know, have to, um, just take a moment, you know, and and even 
if, if you're not even necessarily a Mercedes fan, just again, being a Formula One fan, um, you know, most of us, you know, we had the Schumacher documentary recently, by the way, which was very well done on Netflix for anybody who has not had a chance to see it. Um, you know, we get kind of the first um, in-depth uh, update and it even covers the early years of Schumacher and, and the success that he's achieved. And it was great to hear from his family, um, his wife, Karina, his daughter and his uh, son, Mick, who's, you know, currently driving F1 for Haas. Um, and the, the reason I, I mentioned this documentary, Michael Schumacher, is one, you know, for people who haven't seen it to urge you guys to check it out because it was so well done. Uh, I, I do pray for Michael Schumacher, but um, the reason why I mention that is, you know, even though too many years ago, those of us who watched F1, we still recognize the different things that my, Michael Schumacher did. We recognize um, how he galvanized his Ferrari team that that was not winning anything. Uh, a lot of people don't realize a lot of people are used to the the championship ways that Ferrari has but when he entered this is Schumacher when he entered that team um that was a team in disarray they weren't winning anything but he transformed helped to transform and they they built a legacy and we reflect back on on those years now uh, we look back at what a great driver he was what a great champion he was and so I mentioned that great driver, historical driver in the same vein, I think with Hamilton, with the Centurion win, here we have, again, a guy who, with his talents, his driving skills, his supreme talent, he went ahead and, you know, has helped build this this machine that is Mercedes. And so... We have to give him a lot of kudos, and he continues to break records. He continues to break streaks, and um, I think we all look forward to what's in store in the future, especially um, with next year with George Russell by his side. Um, but yeah, this basically concludes um, you know episode twelve from Russia with love, obviously the Norse heartbreak, and then Hamilton capturing this win um we were treated to a fantastic weekend again you know sorry for lando for not getting his win but i'm sure um his first win is not far away i'm, I'm sure it's gonna come sometime very soon he's a very talented young man as always guys i really want to thank you for listening to the tf1 podcast i hope everybody has a great week ahead of them okay take care